A warm welcome to all our listeners. This is the first episode of Reflections from Budapest, Religion, State and Society, where we look at issues of religious conflict, religious violence and reconciliation. My name is Zsófia Tóth I'm a researcher at the Danube Institute. Our special guest today is Tristan Azbej, State Secretary for the Aid of Persecuted Christians and the Hungary Helps Program. Let me introduce my colleagues, Professor Jeffrey Kaplan, Distinguished Fellow at the Danube Institute, Lydia Pop, a researcher at the Danube Institute, and last but not least, Sharon Sugar, researcher at the Danube Institute. We have just launched our new project, which deals with violence against Christian communities and institutions. Jeffrey, as the head of this project, uh, I would ask you first to describe the project in a few words. Well, our official title is Attacks on Christian Communities and Institutions. And the project grew out of our first project, which we completed some months ago on anti-Semitism in Hungary, appearance and reality. When doing the anti-Semitism research, it became pretty obvious that there is a lot of research globally on anti-Semitism issues and anti-Semitism and violence, but really very little on Christianity and attacks on Christian communities. So that was really the origin of the project. What we're trying to do, the way we're structuring this project is in a very academic way. And in some ways, it was inspired by Tristan. In one of his talks, he remembered talking to an EU minister who accused Hungary of weaponizing Christianity. And I thought that was such a good um, metaphor that I thought, how does that how does that happen? And it comes out that I think a lot of it is with the term persecution itself. And so we have structured our study to look at attacks on Christian communities and institutions in three ways. One is internecine violence, which is violence within the tradition by different factions, um, sects, sects, and the like. Second is intercommunal violence, by far the most common, which is between two or more religious communities. And the third is true persecution, which is state-sponsored. And there are many gray areas where one bleeds into the other, which is what makes the study so challenging. We are, our project will be about a year long, and we'll be looking at doing field work in the EU, the Middle East, and eventually Africa as well. And the countries we're going to do the field work in, in the EU, are Poland and France. We leave for Poland next week, in fact. And then in the Middle East, South Asia, Iraqi Kurdistan, Palestine, Jordan, Syria, and finally Pakistan, with the possibility of India as well. And finally, in the African segment, which will be completely restructured because of the logistical challenges there, Sudan and Uganda, and Nigeria. And that essentially is our project. Thank you so much for summarizing it. Mr. Azbay, you have been in the limelight uh, in Hungary and internationally for quite some time now. And as the leader of Hungary's efforts to aid persecuted Christians around the world, but we know much less about your personal background, which I think is probably probably very interesting. Uh, would you mind sharing some of that with us and also how you came interested in aiding Christian communities around the world? Yes, uh, first of all, I would like to say that I'm very deeply honored having been invited uh, to this podcast as the first guest, I understand. I admire the work uh, you are uh, doing. It's very important work and I very much appreciate our cooperation in the field of trying to better understand the underlying reasons and motives behind anti-Christian and in general anti-religious uh, uh, persecution. And regarding my personal uh, background, 
I'm a Hungarian patriot. I'm the one representative of the Hungarian Christian Democratic uh, government. And sometimes uh, people find it uh, inconsistent with my cultural heritage. I'm, I have a multicultural background. First of all, I'm French-born. I'm a Hungarian citizen, but French-born. And I, I also have a quite unique-sounding name. Asbei is not a common Hungarian uh, name. Or actually, it is, because it is the name of an uh, Armenian-Hungarian uh, family. My family and ancestors have been uh, members of the Armenian di diaspora in Hungary for a long time. And the reason why it could be relevant uh, to our discussion uh, today, because Armenians are the first Christian nation in the world. They uh, took Christianity as a state religion in the very beginning of the fourth uh, century. And time to time in the last uh, uh, 17 uh, centuries, they have been persecuted or facing persecution because of their uh, Christian uh, faith. So I'm not Armenian looking. I don't speak Armenian, but uh, I inherited uh, this sort of connection through my uh, ancestry uh, to this Eastern uh, uh, Christian uh, culture. And it uh, raised an interest in, in me regarding Eastern uh, Christianity. I learned about their very difficult and often tragic uh, uh, fate. And when uh, my government career has uh, developed, uh, there was another uh, moment uh, when I could connect this uh, heritage to the actual uh, reality of uh, today's world. And that was when I served as a Hungarian diplomat in Israel. Uh, we at the embassy had a very good group of people. We often called it uh, the Hungarian embassy to the Holy Land. And there in the Holy Land, I have uh, uh, embraced and, and met with the very different ethnic and religious uh, communities living together in the Holy Land, the, the Jewish communities, the Muslim communities, and also the Middle Eastern Christianity. Among them, the Armenian Christians in the Holy Land. I have learned about their culture, about the challenges they are facing, about the questions of coexisting with uh, other people. So these two um, elements of my uh, life, both my family heritage and my professional life, are the two uh, main factors that I hope that uh, uh, prepared me for the task uh, that uh, I'm uh, trying to fulfill now, uh, leading Hungary's international humanitarian aid program, the Hungary Helps program, which has non-exclusive but explicit focus on supporting persecuted uh, Christians all around the world. Some both domestically and internationally question whether Christians are the most persecuted religious group in the world and downplay the seriousness of the issue. And some also claim that focusing help and attention on one religious community amounts to discrimination against others. What is your response to those claims? Well, it is a, a question, or I would go further, it is a criticism that we uh, often hear. And first, I would like to clarify our, our motives for starting such a program. It is truly uh, an uncommon uh, policy for government to start a humanitarian aid program that has one of its many priorities, uh, focusing on supporting a certain religious group that is uh, persecuted. So first, we have to answer the question, why lifting or elevating this whole issue to the government uh, level. And uh, the major fact 
that the Hungarian government recognized in 2016 is Christianity is the most persecuted religious group. So our mission started with uh, stating uh, this uh, reality. And referring to your uh, question, this statement, uh, whenever uh, made, it is often uh, criticized. Often criticized. Uh, some people, politicians, uh, government organizations claim that when we say that Christianity is the most persecuted religious group in the world, this is a sweeping statement. This is a political, unbased political statement. Uh, as uh, Jeffrey uh, said, it is weaponizing uh, the, the fate of uh, uh, the Christian communities uh, in the world. So once again, and this is uh, where our cooperation with academia, with organizations like the Danube Institute uh, becomes very important. We have to um, uh, shed uh, light on the underlying facts behind this statement. And when we say that Christianity is the most persecuted religious group in the world, we mean it by the numbers. When we look at the different communities in the world who are persecuted for their faith or, or religious uh, belief or an, any other uh, belief, by the numbers, Christians are the most uh, persecuted. According to several independent studies, there are hundreds of millions of people in the world uh, who are discriminated or even terrorized or even uh, are facing uh, genocidal attacks because of their faith in, in, in uh, Christ. By the numbers, uh, suffering, human suffering is never a competition, but we have to recognize the fact that by far this is the largest such a community uh, in the world. So first, uh, we wanted to make this uh, statement and we wanted to put this issue on the uh, agenda of the big international human rights organizations. And when there are, according to the organization Open Doors, when there are 360 million people who are uh, suffering and persecuted and facing discrimination because of their uh, faith, that, sh that issue shouldn't be left only for NGOs or charity organizations. Uh, or, or church institutions, because we are talking about one of the biggest human rights crises of uh, our time. It should be lifted to the level of uh, government intervention and to the level of major international uh, organizations. So this is one of the questions that we need to uh, answer and, and we need to clarify. The other one is uh, about uh, the question of uh, favoritism or impartiality. And we are often criticized that uh, the Hungary Helps program only supports uh, uh, Christians. But this is based on a, on a uh, misunderstanding. We explicitly uh, work with and work for Christians because we fear that one of the biggest human rights crises of our time has been largely uh, underreported in the international arena or even, uh, even uh, uh, concealed. But this... Uh, uh, explicit nature of our, our mission is non-exclusive. We work together with other persecuted uh, religious uh, groups, uh, even persecuted uh, Muslim uh, communities, the Rohingya refugees who had been persecuted in Myanmar and had fled uh, to uh, Bangladesh. We are, uh, we are uh, giving aid and humanitarian uh, provisions uh, to Rohingya refugees. We work together with another persecuted ethno-religious group, the Yazidi communities in Iraq and Syria. 
and a few months ago, uh, as actually uh, at a conference organized by uh, Jeffrey and Daniel Institute uh, uh, about uh, uh, combating anti-Semitism, I had the opportunity to, uh, to announce that we are working uh, uh, with uh, persecuted or suffering Jewish uh, communities in Yemen as well. And besides that, Hungary Helps Program is a general and comprehensive humanitarian aid program. We provide uh, humanitarian aid after, for example, natural and man-induced uh, disasters as well, where faith-based uh, aspect has nothing to do with our humanitarian work. Why is Hungary so unique in this character of making um, protection of, re of religions in various countries? at um, a government or ministerial level and virtually ignored throughout the EU and occasionally mentioned in America, but always with a political or economic agenda attached. Hungary is very outspoken about uh, having a, a Christian democratic uh, government. And uh, as our constitution uh, passed in 2011 in the States, we highly recognized Christianity as the idea, major, one of the key ideas that uh, preserving our nation, nat uh, nation, that have been preserving the Hungarian nation for 1000 uh, years. And this goes completely in the opposite direction in the, in, in the uh, major liberal uh, ideas and, and political thought and, and, and schools and, and, and mainstream that uh, defines uh, the Western uh, hemisphere and also the Western cultural uh, region in, in these uh, days. When Hungary, Hungarian government officials and politicians are talking about uh, Christian value-based policies and Christian, Christian democratic uh, ideas, some portray it as a provocation. Some uh, portray the Orban government as a, a radical revolutionary uh, political uh, unit. And uh, the truth couldn't be uh, further from, uh, from, from this uh, notion, because if someone really digs into the very core of our political ideas, then they will find that uh, we are moving back uh, to the same political idea that based on which uh, the whole European Union was established uh, 70 some uh, years ago. The European Union is a Christian democratic experiment founded uh, by um, key uh, European politicians like Adenauer and Robert Schuman, who were first of all devout uh, Christians, but also very clear about the European Union's core values being Christian democratic values. The European uh, political uh, school and the mainstream has largely diverted uh, from uh, uh, this. They are trying to completely erase any uh, Christian democratic reference from the, the, the uh, European political discourse and from, from, uh, uh, from their policies as well. So when we are reverting or, or reinforcing Christian democratic as a key idea shaping uh, European uh, civilization, then we are uh, really a uh, torn in their uh, sides. And, and uh, uh, in their perspective, we are uh, releasing the spirit from the, the battle. 
that uh, cannot be once uh, re released uh, will inspire many other governments as we uh, see and political forces in, in, in Europe and and will uh, largely hurt the neoliberal agenda. I think this is the main reason of all these attacks. In your opinion, when did the issue of Christian persecution became really serious and what were the main reasons behind that phenomena? Well, basically in the time of uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> There is one ancient uh, Christian uh, church teacher, Tertullianus, who said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed uh, for the, the church. Uh, by the way, that doesn't mean that Christian persecution is a good uh, thing. Uh, God has its, uh, his uh, own ways to, to turn uh, human evil into, uh, into something that uh, will contribute to, 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 to the greater glory of, of uh, God and, and uh, uh, for benefit the people. But still, Christian persecution has been present for 2000 uh, years. Uh, interestingly, the the motives uh, behind the uh, behind the Christian persecution uh, hasn't really changed when it comes to the human nature part. The the ideas and the framing is different, but it hasn't uh, changed. When we look at the actual acts uh, that we experience when it comes to Christian persecution, they are very similar or the same uh, than in the time of. Uh, Caesar's uh, Nero and Emperor Nero and Emperor Diocletianus. The, the only difference between the ancient Christian persecution and today, today's Christian persecution is by, by numbers. Today's is, is uh, much bigger and, uh, and uh, uh, discriminates and attacks uh, uh, more than 300 uh, million people uh, all around the, uh, the world. So the issue has been always uh, present. Today, what we experience is that Christian persecution is uh, growing. Open Doors, which is one of the key uh, advocacy uh, groups who surveys uh, and, and researches Christian persecution, released its yearly uh, report about Christian persecution, where they come to the conclusion that there are 360 million people in the world who are persecuted. Now, this is on the absolute term. This is an extremely high uh, number. But it is even more, even more uh, concerning when we are looking at the relative terms. The annual report that they have released one year before were uh, discussing or, or uh, came to the conclusion that there were 340 million people discriminated because of the uh, Christian faith. That means in the course of one year, 20 million people more were uh, discriminated against because they were Christians. So not only absolute terms, in the relative tendencies, this is a very alarming and concerning, I would go further, even uh, tragic uh, situation in the world. So I understand that there are really complex and historically determined factors behind the animosity of towards Christians, especially in the Middle East and in uh, Africa. What is your assessment about it? Okay, so... This is when the human rights advocacy uh, mission moves to the actual professional humanitarian aid part of the, the Hungary Helps uh, uh, program. So we are making very much effort to understand the nature and the actual reality uh, of uh, anti-Christian persecution and the humanitarian uh, consequences. So this is uh, where our collaboration with academic and, uh, and other think tank organizations 
becomes uh, crucial because at this point uh, our core mission uh, is comes in the picture where we um, don't only want to talk about uh, Christian persecution but want to actually save Christian uh, lives. The two most important geographical focus areas for our program uh, in the past five years were the Middle East and Africa. It doesn't necessarily mean that Christians are not discriminated against in other parts of the world, but these are the two geographical regions where Christian persecution resulted in a humanitarian need that we wanted to uh, satisfy or, 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 or fulfill or, or address. In the Middle East, in the last uh, couple uh, years, uh, growing radical Islamist movements were the key factors behind uh, attacking uh, uh, Christians. And the peak of that uh, was perhaps the year uh, 2014 and the years around 2014, where when uh, Daesh uh, ISIS reached it, it, uh, its uh, peak uh, uh, power. And when uh, the anti-Christian, anti-Yazidi and other uh, anti-community or uh, other uh, uh, violent actions of ISIS reached the genocidal level. For example, in uh, north eastern Syria and also on the Nineveh plains in Iraq and other, some other places as well. So that also coincides with the time when Hungary Helps started. So our first projects or donations went to Iraq and Syria and those were the types of humanitarian donations that the terminology calls, calls fast relief. So people were actually running for, from genocidal attacks. They needed shelter, they needed medicine, they needed medical care and uh, they needed uh, food provisions. So th those are the, the, were, the, were the first uh, ones. Now, uh, there is a tendency in the Middle East, uh, which uh, as a result uh, uh, lowered the numbers of, uh, of uh, deadly victims of anti-Christian persecution in the Middle East. So right now in the Middle East, we focus on stabilizing the Christian institutions uh, we support also the reconstruction efforts, but we are also supporting the Christian healthcare and education uh, institutions that are needed not only uh, for the long-term future of the few remaining Christians in the Middle East, but also we are supporting the Christian social missions that are benefiting members of uh, other communities, including the majority Muslim uh, communities. So, for example, in Iraq, we are supporting a Catholic school that is open for IDPs, internally displaced uh, children. But these children are coming half part from Christian families, but also from half part from uh, Muslim uh, IDP uh, families. So this way, we not only are supporting education in war-torn and, and conflict-stricken uh, uh, Iraq, but we are also enabling uh, the Christian communities there to extend a helping hand uh, to uh, other communities, including the majority Muslim uh, communities. Therefore, we promote uh, projects uh, that can result in the long term in peaceful coexistence. 
So this is uh, how we see Christian persecution in the Middle East and how, also how we designed our work there. When it comes to Africa, unfortunately, anti-Christian extremism is on the rise in Africa. We see more and more regions uh, emerging in Africa where there is uh, violent persecution against uh, Christians or against any other people who don't belong to uh, very radical Islamist uh, um, ideas. So uh, probably, uh, or not probably, factually uh, speaking, the country where most uh, Christians are murdered because of their faith uh, today and in the last years were Nigeria, where in northern Nigeria and now in the Middle Belt as well, organizations like Boko Haram murdering thousands of Christians um, each uh, year. But there are also hidden uh, genocide or mass atrocities. For example, one less reported such uh, mass uh, area of mass atrocities, northern Mozambique, where the same story uh, happened again, a, a jihadist uh, uh, group took control almost of a full province of the, the country. So in these countries, our task in the Middle East five years ago, we are providing humanitarian fast relief type of donations. Just as a brief follow-up domestically, because what you describe with Hungary Helps is a global project with significant resources. Has there been criticism domestically of the kind of resources that are being given to Hungary Helps and to aiding overseas Christian communities? Well, yes, first of all, we have faced uh, the criticism of, uh, of practicing favoritism uh, for Christians, uh, which uh, would go against the basic humanitarian um, uh, principle of impartiality and, and neutrality. But we have already clarified and discussed this in this uh, discussion. And of course, uh, there are also uh, criticism from the social uh, side stating that uh, there, the Hungarian taxpayer money should be uh, used uh, exclusively in Hungary, benefiting uh, the Hungarian uh, people. And of course, we are a government. Our natural responsibility comes to the, the Hungarian people. So therefore, uh, when setting the budget of the Hungary Helps uh, program, uh, we are uh, very. Uh, we, are, we are always following the principle of uh, proportion, proportionality, uh, meaning that uh, we are using our budget and funds the most efficient way it is uh, possible, uh, so that uh, we uh, don't uh, divert uh, budget and, and funds from the Hungarian people that are. Uh, even recognizable in the Hungarian uh, state uh, budget. But that requires very high efficiency when it comes to our uh, support program. The other issue is that uh, uh, we want to highlight our key uh, idea behind the Hungary Helps uh, program, that uh, by supporting communities in humanitarian crisis zones, the first motive what we have is saving lives. But uh, the second uh, and almost equally important motive uh, that is reflected in the Hungary Alps policy is, uh, is uh, the interest of the Hungarian people. And by supporting communities in crisis uh, zones, we are also 
managed to find a way to prevent them uh, from choosing uh, mass migration. And in the last five years, I'm proud to report that Hungary Helps uh, program had more than half million uh, direct beneficiaries in humanitarian crisis zones that are often in the case of the Middle East and also in Africa are also our source regions of Europe uh, bound uh, migration. So we can uh, state uh, or we can use the wording for this uh, result that we have contributed uh, to bettering more than half a million tragic fate, human fate, but we also contributed more uh, to uh, more than half a million people being enabled to choosing uh, their future in their homeland instead of uh, choosing uh, illegal uh, mass migration uh, towards uh, Europe and that Preventing mass migration is very much the interest of uh, the Hungarian people and also of the European Union because uh, mass migration on the scale of what we have uh, witnessed uh, in 2015 and on the scale that uh, could have uh, led uh, to if uh, measures weren't uh, taken, that sort of uh, migration and that uh, type of uh, migration is very dangerous and harmful for all parties involved. Of course, for the receiving communities, it has uh, social risks, it has security risks, and we have seen in Europe that integration efforts have largely failed and uh, parallel societies have been formed. But even uh, for the source communities, it is uh, largely harmful and uh, dangerous as uh, one uh, of the uh, Syrian church leaders uh, uh, told me those who promote mass migration from Syria complete the work that ISIS started. Because with mass migration, even though the, the cameras uh, of CNN and other uh, liberal mainstream media are trying to find the one family, but in 90, more than 90%, those are young male uh, population who are migrating. So therefore, uh, uh, this Syrian church leader told me that uh, they are losing their youth, they are using the young male population who could reconstruct physically and also socially uh, Syria, so therefore they will have no future and the idea of uh, and the goal of ISIS to, to eradicate the Christian communities from the Middle East will be uh, completed. So whenever we face this uh, criticism domestically, we are demonstrating how this serves not only uh, Christian solidarity and, and humanity, but also uh, the Hungarian interest as well. Could you describe Hungary Helps projects in Africa right now? And uh, I was wondering how Hungary Helps can help if it can help communities like in China or North Korea, where, our inf where your or our influence is limited. So when it comes to um, Africa, we are, we, are, we are donating uh, basic uh, humanitarian facilities type of uh, donations. For example, um, many uh, humanitarian crisis factors are superimposed uh, on each other uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. They are facing uh, uh, the effects of climate change when it comes to food insecurity. They are facing social tensions. Uh, uh, very uh, slow uh, economic uh, growth coupled with very high uh, population uh, growth and, and in, in increase. 
and that uh, also uh, fuels different types of armed uh, conflicts and that also fuels uh, radicalization. And the whole thing was even, the whole crisis was even uh, deepened and made more severe by uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. And with the economic effects of uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, and uh, all the different factors that I have uh, listed, uh, we have uh, faced uh, our or Christians and non-Christians in Sub-Saharan Africa have faced famine and, and the starvation uh, once again in this uh, continent. So in this case, uh, we have uh, provided uh, food provision and, 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 and food uh, um, donations. Uh, but uh, when it comes to one of the major uh, Christian persecution uh, sites, uh, Nigeria, uh, Nigeria became our fourth most uh, supported uh, country we have uh, we have uh, engaged in a more strategic uh, vision when it comes to our donations we are working together with the different uh, churches and to some extent with the, the local uh, authorities and we have uh, with them we have uh, recognized basic humanitarian needs so there is a internal migration uh, or refugee flow in Nigeria, moving from North Nigeria, where Boko Haram and other jihadist organizations are committing mass atrocities, violent atrocities, one after uh, another. They're moving to safer parts of the, the country. But they, that also means that they are leaving behind all of their infrastructure. So we are working together uh, with the, the local churches to, uh, to uh, support and build new uh, healthcare and uh, housing and uh, social care and education infrastructure for the IDP communities. And also uh, we are uh, supporting in many uh, cases uh, uh, Christian education institutions in those areas where Christians live as a minority for the same reasons why we support education institutions in uh, Iraq, where it not only uh, promotes education but also is opened to uh, open to to children and families of different uh, cultural backgrounds and we want to establish the social status of the christian churches in these countries as a loyal and integral part of these um, uh, societies when it comes to uh, countries like uh, north korea north korea is number one on the list of uh, open doors and other advocacy uh, groups when it comes to uh, anti-Christian uh, persecution. So in these uh, cases, this is where you uh, have to uh, see our strength uh, and uh, our limitations as a program. And once again, I would like to remind you that Hungary Helps is a humanitarian uh, program. We can intervene where uh, anti-Christian persecution results in a humanitarian uh, need. In North Korea, this is not the case because what happens there is that the human rights of Christians are, are uh, very severely uh, violated to the extent that no one can openly uh, confess uh, their faith. There are small underground churches, but they are not even uh, organized in, in, in the churches. So there is that that's an issue we cannot solve by providing food or pharma pharmaceuticals or any type of uh, humanitarian aid. 
this sort of uh, situation does not belong to the area of uh, humanitarian aid. This belongs to the uh, general protection of uh, uh, human rights in the world. Now, Hungary has its strengths. Hungary is an inspiring uh, country, but we are nowhere uh, near to a, a diplomatic uh, superpower. When it comes to protecting human rights, you can only be a part of a bigger uh, multilateral uh, cooperation. And our uh, mission uh, that we have uh, trying to fulfill on this uh, area is that uh, when it comes to big international human rights organizations, Christian persecution being uh, addressed. So this is the indirect way we support these sort of uh, uh, Christian uh, communities. But once again, we are small countries from such a small country uh, reaching with our solidarity, with the solidarity of the Hungarian people, more than half a million people. It's uh, something that we can be uh, proud of. It is uh, not enough uh, because if we uh, uh, subtract this half million uh, from the 360 million Christians who are persecuted in the world, that still leaves us with 359.5 million uh, people. But in this way, we want to serve as an example for the rest of the world, for other governments and international organizations. Small country with great achievements. <laughs> well, as one of our Iraqi beneficiary uh, asked, uh, this person asked me if Hungary is a superpower. And I said that, no, we are not a big uh, country. Uh, and then he asked me that, how come there are more signs of the Hungary Helps uh, program in Iraq than those of USAID, the US's aid agency for international development. Uh, and I told him that uh, that's because we don't have much, but we are trying to uh, do the most what we can. And then he concluded that Hungary is a small country with a big heart. So as a final question, I would like to ask that what do you think that Christians and people who care about human rights should learn from persecuted Christians? I think uh, one of the many things that I highly respect in the persecuted uh, Christians is that they didn't uh, choose the path of uh, victimhood. They are very objectively report about what they happened and they try to stress the fact that they their human dignity and lives of Christians worth as much as anyone else's they don't they are not fighting for special entitlements they are, they are not fighting for special uh, sort of uh, recognition they are not creating basically an industry from their uh, victimhood. All what, what they want to have is uh, their equal worth uh, being established and recognized to, to uh, anyone uh, else's. And something that is, uh, is uh, beautiful is uh, how they extend uh, whatever they receive to, to people of other uh, faith and, and uh, communities. When we have started with the Hungry Helps program, we have set a requirement for our beneficiaries that uh, once we are donating uh, any sort of aid uh, to them, that should also benefit the whole country and the whole society and population. And after a while, we just realized that we don't need to set this requirement because this is 
their authentic uh, principle that they uh, that they, they they follow, and this is uh, you know the general what the the West and the policymakers uh, can learn from the Christians. And as a believer myself, uh, what uh, I have personally uh, learned, I I basically drew uh, strength in, in in my personal faith from the testimonies of the the Christians. I see in the Western world. We are becoming more and more secular societies. Uh, people, Christian people, are choosing not to go to churches because of uh, I don't know, just uh, comfort and 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 any any co convenience uh, issues. In Africa, I have heard about a church where deadly uh, mass shooting occurred at the Holy Mass on one uh, Sunday by jihadist groups. The next Sunday, such a large community gathered for the church for the Holy Mass that they couldn't fit all the people in, in there. So they are professing and they're confessing their, their faith uh, even in the, the, the light of deadly uh, attacks. I think this should be inspiring uh, to uh, people of faith in the West, but basically all Western people. Mr. Hasbay, thank you so much for your time and answering all of our questions. Thank you for the opportunity and for this way interesting discussion. Thank you so much. Thank Stay you. tuned for the upcoming podcast featuring distinguished guests from Hungary and abroad. The special guest of our next podcast will be Chris Costa, former special assistant to President Trump and senior director for counterterrorism at the White House. Don't miss it.